Dhruv Patra. Is there a specific instance where you distinctly recall uh, feeling privileged? Yeah, yeah. Um, there was one specific instance uh, and it's have that phenomena has happened a couple of times where, um, you know, as a faculty member, I've been approached by, um, by people in industry um, asking me to apply to something where it's very clear that I'm being invited and it's nearly certain that I will get it um, because, you know, it may superficially be an open program. Um, actually, in that case, it's not clear to me whether that one thing that I applied for was an open program, but it's very clear that I was invited and it was near 100% chance that I would get the thing that I was being apply invited for. Um, and that's, an, that's a clear instance of privilege. Um, the fact that uh, the other side already knew about my work um, is perhaps a consequence of the work that I have put in, but in this particular instance, I guess it, it was easy. Like somebody else may actually be applying to that program, um, but they're, you know, like I, it was easier for me. Um, and that is an instance of privilege. And I recall being on the other side uh, where you can apply all you want to certain programs and you're just not even eligible. Yeah. And so these programs are in the context of something like funding for the academic research lab? Or, yeah, that's uh, right. Meg Mitchell. Is there a specific instance where you distinctly recall feeling privileged? Oh my God, every day. <laughs> like, okay, so the first, the first like major, okay, well, first off, the, the free food everywhere, like that's <laughs> all amazing to me. Like everything is so clean and it's like, modern office furniture everywhere. It's like nicer than anything, you know, I, I didn't like have a fancy background. So all of like the furniture is like so nice and stuff. Um, so that really, really is amazing to me. Um, one of the moments of extreme privilege that I had was, I think it was my first day at the Google office in Seattle. Um, I, I went to the cafe there to get, you know, a hand pour, fancy latte or whatever for free, like they do. And I said, um, you guys don't have chocolate chip cookies. I, I think we need chocolate chip cookies. And then the next day they had them. And then they made them part of the recurring set of things that they put out with the coffee. And then I came back next week and said, okay, but what if I want to take it back to my desk? And then they started putting out little paper bags to take the cookie with you to the desk. And so I started telling people, like, I've already made a huge impact here. Get those little bags. That's, that was me. Uh, so that was just amazing to me that I could just, like, will cookies and then, like, will cookies to my office desk. And and people just did it. I was just, like, unreal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ladlin Colton. Is there a specific instance where you distinctly recall feeling privileged? Well, I think I'm grateful for many things. Um, probably the biggest that comes to mind is uh, my family, uh, the culture that I come from, my upbringing. Now, I should probably explain first in what ways I may not be quote unquote 
privileged. I may not come from a quote-unquote privileged background. Um, I do not come from wealth. Um, I do not come from good material circumstances. And I do not come from an elite class in society that uh, was uh, treated preferentially. Uh, so I grew up in a poor to lower middle class uh, family uh, of Jewish intellectuals in Ukraine, in the former Soviet Union. Now, if there's something you're going to be in Ukraine, in the former Soviet Union, being Jewish is not the best thing you can be. Uh, there was serious discrimination. There was uh, serious anti-Semitism. Um, and you can read uh, memoirs by Soviet scientists and mathematicians, uh, by Soviet Jewish scientists and mathematicians, that describe these circumstances in detail. It was very clear that there were certain positions that you could not hold as a Jewish person. There were certain stations in society that you will never occupy uh, as a Jewish person. And uh, generally you will be your entire life uh, swimming upstream. You will be in your entire life swimming against the current and you are in a society that in various ways is not welcoming. And, and it was, it was very clear that it permeated everything. Okay. And even within this set of people, this group of people of, of Jewish intellectuals, my family was not wealthy. My family was not well-to-do. I think we were sort of below the mean uh, in, in various metrics, even among sort of Jewish people in uh, in the Soviet uh, the Soviet Union. I was raised by a single mother. Uh, my father was never a part of my life. Um, my mother always had to work, as far as I remember, at least two jobs uh, to uh, sustain us. Uh, she was mostly gone because she was working, or when she wasn't working, she would often take uh, evening courses to get additional accreditation so that she could get a better job, so that she could somehow raise our uh, living conditions. So it was not a childhood of quote unquote privilege, all right? However, uh, it was a culture of, of books. It was a culture of knowledge. Uh, there was great respect for knowledge. There was great respect for education. And there was great respect for books. Uh, my grandfather was a book collector. He collected books. So there was this amazing library in the house of hundreds and hundreds of books. So oh. whatever he could save, uh, often to the chagrin of his family, uh, 
whatever he could squirrel away, he would use to buy books. And in fact, I have his book collection now. I have wow. inherited his book uh, collection after wow. he uh, passed away and uh, requested that it be shipped from Kiev, from Ukraine, uh, to, uh, um, uh, to the US. So I would just read. Uh, I would just read and read and read. Everybody was gone. Everybody was working, and I was reading. Uh, and that was that was very much encouraged. Uh, it was made very clear to me by my family uh, for as long as I can remember that I will get a graduate degree. Whether I like it or not, it was not my choice. I will get a graduate degree and that's it. Um, so, so that was uh, the culture. And there were other aspects to it that I think ended up being very, very beneficial. First, it is the attitude with which discrimination was greeted. There was no bitterness uh, that I noticed or that I can uh, remember. It was not a gloomy uh, atmosphere. Uh, gen uh, it was very clear that we're discriminated against, but it was greeted with, with humor. Uh, the response was, uh, was a kind of joyous, humorous response. We would mm -hmm. joke uh, about it. It was just our situation was, uh, was the subject of constant joking and, uh, and laughter. <laughs> the other aspect of it is that it was made clear to me um, that to uh, reach uh, a certain level of uh, comfort, uh, a certain level of well-being, I'm going to have to work much, much harder than other people because uh, basically I was born with a handicap. I was born Jewish. And so to overcome this handicap, I'm just going to have to work so much harder. Hmm. And so uh, we developed uh, a very, very strong work ethic um, that in the Soviet Union, because we were swimming upstream, was necessary to just stay in place. I mean, you had to swim harder just to stay in place. Mm -hmm. But when we emigrated to Israel, turns out, this combination of an incredibly strong work ethic and a positive, humorous, joyful attitude to life was, was like a jetpack. Uh, when there were no adversarial circumstances, turned out, turns out that this is just a fantastic attitude uh, to life. And I think much of my success uh, is due to uh, uh, to these these attitudes and this cultural uh, cultural background. 
Right, right. Thank you for sharing that. I feel like I had goosebumps multiple times um, in that story. So yeah, thank you for sharing that. Antonio Toralba. Is there a specific instance where you distinctly recall uh, feeling privileged? Oh, feeling privileged. Um, well, I think that our, um, no, I think that we, we have very privileged lives. No? There are so many things that are, have come relatively easy to us. And I think that uh, maybe, you know, the fact that my parents supported all the things that I wanted to do, even though they didn't, they didn't match their personalities. I think that you know, we are very different. Mm. Mm. Uh, but uh, that, you know, I think that was very good. Mm. Elon Buru. Um, is there a specific instance where you distinctly recall feeling privileged? Feeling privileged? Oh, all the time. I feel privileged all the time. I mean, from from... As long as I remember when I was a kid, I knew I was privileged hmm. uh, because because of so many things. I mean, uh, like this question of nature and nurture, first thing is, is I was born with really good genes and I did nothing for that. But from when I was a kid, I was super smart compared to that without having to work much for it. I was getting everything much faster than everyone else. I didn't need to work. I was doing very well at everything where people had to try really hard and for me it was so easy and I was pretty so people were super nice with me even people who didn't know me and so and so I felt everywhere things were just much easier <laughs> and, yeah. and so, like everything was and, and I was very aware of that even mm. when I was uh, like seven or eight I, I knew I was super privileged because things were easier for me mm. and I didn't work for it it mm. was just given to me because I was born that way yeah. So yeah, always I always had a sense of being very privileged, and I always had a sense of trying to that it, it could be used against me too. And I had to be very mindful of helping others too, like spreading things. So I was always helping my school school friends with their homework and things like that. Like they had a list of when they could call me to the math homework. <laughs> uh, they were organizing the schedule. I was telling them I'm not organizing the schedule you can call me the day so already i was doing the thing the last day so we had a week to do it and i said i won't have looked at it until the last day so the day before it's due you can call me but you have to coordinate into the schedule and they were making lists and they were calling me and i was explaining <laughs> to them how to do it and giving them tips uh so i mean always i got a sense that the only way this could work is if if uh, and because you have this cliche that the you know best student in the class is hated by others or the <laughs> doesn't work and I, I was always friends with the like the worst performing students in the class we were always friends but I, I always felt like to keep this balance I had to help people around me so that I would not become so unpopular and so that we <laughs> not the things a bit <laughs> yeah yeah Jitendra Malik um, is there a specific instance where you distinctly recall feeling privileged well I I feel privileged all the time. I think, uh, uh, I mean, as a researcher, for example, uh, the quality of your students, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, you, you know, so I think I get credit for lots of work for which really uh, the fact that I had really, really good students and postdocs uh, is, is at stake. Now, maybe I contributed a little bit to making them slightly better yeah. But uh, but but 
fundamentally, it's uh, being lucky in terms of uh, the raw material you you get to work with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, I think that uh, if I was exactly the same person, but I was in a situation where I didn't really have such good colleagues and students, yeah. my my impact would be much lower. Yeah, yeah. Hugo La Rochelle. Um, is there a specific instance where you uh, distinctly recall feeling privileged? I COVID. I mean, you know, being able to still have a job first, and then actually working from home, which I, I you know, it's it's almost embarrassing. But for me, things have almost improved. I don't have to commute anymore. I can work here during the summer. I saw my kids all day, which was nice. Um, so yeah, big time for COVID. Yeah, Joel Pino. Um, is there a specific instance where you distinctly recall feeling privileged? Uh, I feel privileged every day. Like, I mean, I, as far as I go back, I've had a distinct sense of that. Mm. Um, at, at so many, it, it's a, it's very in, ingrained for me. I have no doubt that that has been a huge, um, huge advantage in my life. Um, starting back just to, you know, kind of the, the family support system that I've had, the fact that I've, I can take risks because I have an incredible safety blanket, <clears throat> you know, <clears throat> I have parents that to this day I can kind of call up and they will show up at my doorstep in three hours and like take over whatever part of my life needs support. And I, I use it very rarely. But when I needed it, it's there and, and there's been times in my life. And so it's very easy to, to take risks in a situation like that. And it goes beyond my parents. I have an extended family. I have friends and so on, like <clears throat> a partner and, you know, close people around me daily also who do that. So it's, it's very easy to, yeah, to, to take risks in that kind of situation. It's very easy to go on with with my life in, in that kind of a kind of that situation yeah yeah noah smith is there a specific instance where you distinctly recall feeling privileged <laughs> every day yes um uh i mean the 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 uh the way i feel um and i and a lot of people a lot of people i know who who have enjoyed some success in our world feel this way. It's like, I'm just incredibly lucky um, from, uh, from the, the, before I was born to, uh, to the present day, uh, everything has basically aligned to make it easy for me to be successful. And um, I think there's a, there's a way for that, that sense of like, you know, I did not control the circumstances that got me here. It's humbling. Um, some people, I think it, it turns into a kind of guilt um, I, I try not to do that just because that's not, it's not helpful. Um, uh, instead, I try and think about how, um, you know, how to expand opportunities for other people, right? How to, how to make it easier for other people um, who didn't have those opportunities to still enjoy the same level of success if they, if they can. Um, and uh, that's, you know, that's a, that has, I think that has to be a big part of our work as, as professors. It, the, the number of accidents that have to happen just so for you to land uh, in, in the kind of job that, that you and I have now is, um, is terrifying. And, um, yeah, yeah, no, every, every day. Yeah. Yeah. Bill Freeman. Um, is there a specific instance where you distinctly recall feeling privileged? 
Uh, privileged. Um, so, sure, I've been privileged all my life. I mean, definitely. Um, um, I mean, I guess in the current talk context of talking about white privilege, I've uh, been learning, uh, you know, again from my kids, but also from reading, kind of what that can mean. Um, but even before I was really aware of that concept, I was aware that, um, you know, things were very good for me. My dad was a doctor. And so, um, you know, we always had enough money, didn't have to worry about that. And, you know, I could go to the best college and so forth. Um, Aishwarya Agrawal. Is there a specific instance where you distinctly recall feeling privileged? <laughs> um, yes. Um, so when I was applying for faculty jobs, so at the end of PhD, at the end of my PhD, I was applying for faculty jobs. Um, uh, I applied to like a bunch of schools, uh, and then the response that I got uh, from that was much better than what I had expected. Um, and so why do I feel privileged? Uh, that's mainly because I feel like a good sort of uh, reasoning behind that sort of very nice response was because of a particular work that I did uh, during the beginning of my PhD. Um, and maybe some, for people who know, it's called VQA. Um, and I feel like uh, when I did that work, I was, uh, a junior PhD student. Um, so I did the best I could, but because I was only a uh, first year PhD student, um, the major sort of the idea and the plan and design of the project uh, was, uh, it was contributed by the senior people involved in the project. Um, so yeah, I feel like the outcome or the response that I received from my faculty applications was, uh, much more than what I had sort of put in into that project. So it feels like, yeah, I was privileged. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ayana Howard. Do you recall a specific instance where you felt privileged? Um, I... So just being an academic in this environment, we're always privileged. Um, and so I think the only time I really recognize that is when I travel outside the United States to um, countries that are considered developing countries. Hmm. Um, and, and that's when I realize, because I see how people live, I realize how much we in the US take things for granted Mm -hmm. um, and uh, so it's not like a, oh, I'm privileged, but it's when I'm there, I'm like, oh my gosh, we take our lives for granted so much mm -hmm. um, in general. Yeah, yeah. Dimneed Gabriel. Um, do you recall an instance where you distinctly um, sort of felt privileged? Felt like I was privileged? Mm -hmm. Um, well... There's been many of these instances. Um, I'm just I'm just trying to think. 
of of a of a of a of a single instance, you know, like anytime I talk to, for example, like, well, let me let me think. Well, I mean, right now, in this time, you know. I have friends who have lost their jobs. I have friends who, you know, are artists and like the, they don't know when when the you know if they'll even have a job again because like the art industry in general, theater especially, dance, uh, like they don't know what's gonna happen, you know. And so it feels very and and then you know um, I would go to like. A restaurant or something outside seating whatever that's open right and the people who are working there are working like multiple jobs because like one job doesn't have or like cafes or something like want you know they they were closed down for a while but they don't have enough um, customers so like they're only working there you know 20 30 percent of the time and then their other job they don't know if it's gonna be open whatever mm -hmm. and at Google I'm working one job I have had no, no change in, you know, like, I'm still getting paid the same. I am spending less money out because, you know, I'm not, and so now I, when I go and I'm like, you know, talking to people like this, it just feels extremely unfair. Um, just that, that like disparity of what's, how I'm dealing with things um, versus other people feels unfair. And also, I have a place with a yard right now and like and and multiple rooms. I don't have kids. <laughs> and that just feels like a huge luxury right now. You know? Um and so yeah, so th those are some of the things that keep that come to mind. Yeah. Um at the moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Derek Holm. Is there a specific instance where you recall feeling privileged? Um I don't know. I, I think I, I sometimes have felt more lucky in some circumstances, for example, like finding the right research advisor and just like there's, there's a lot of things like, like my, the first paper that I wrote, I think probably wasn't that great, but it got accepted. And that was kind of lucky <laughs> because, because like there's a lot of uh, a lot of small early victories have like an outsized uh, importance, hmm. and um, I think that's that's why that's part of why like privilege isn't is like such an issue that you get. I think with your when you if you uh, come with advantages or that people like assume good things about you just because of the way you look. Mm -hmm. or where you come from, then a lot of those little good things like fall in, end up falling into place. And otherwise you have to work like each one is a struggle. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I don't think I like, I tend to, to try to focus on the things that I can control and like my background is not one of those things that I can control. So I don't, I don't like think about it that much in those terms, but like, but I'm aware of the, like, that the, 
a lot of um, in a lot of different ways, like like you know the somebody's somebody's family and economic background and race and gender and all of that like has a lot of little influences that add up on their oppor- on that that affect their opportunities. Yeah, yeah. Anima Anand Kumar. Is there a specific instance where you distinctly recall feeling privileged? Um, I think I've uh, only been aware of both my privilege and lack of privilege only recently, right? Like ever since there's been a lot of social change here, you know, with the Me Too movement, the Black Lives Matter, I think that has come to the surface much more. Um, You know, for instance, uh, as a light-skinned Indian woman growing up, Uh, I realized how much of a privilege it was. And in a way, I was really blind to the struggles of my darker skinned friends. Uh, You know, I kind of now, it came as a flashback that uh, when I was maybe just 10 years old, uh, uh, one of my teachers told my darker skinned friend not to wear like dark colored clothes. And and then she pointed at me and said, look, only girls like her can wear it. And, you know, looking back now, I'm like, oh, my God, that was so bad for my friend. And, you know, and I feel so guilty. I didn't even check up on her after that because it didn't hit me that that would have hurt her. Right. So because back then, comments like that were seen more as like, oh, look, I'm helping you or this is a fact. Yeah. Uh, That was not um, a good environment to be in. Uh, So certainly there has been privilege, you know, based on right, based on how I look, based on the family I come from, their engineers and educators, and there is that, uh, right, like kind of access to math I got in very early age. Hmm. Uh, so I don't know if I didn't have that, where would I be? Honestly, I don't know, right? So I'm yeah. grateful for that, but at the same time, right, issues, especially around colorism in India, there is now awareness, but it has to grow more and we need to change that from the ground up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rahul Subtankar. Um, are there specific instances or a specific instance where you distinctly recall feeling privileged? Hmm. It's a, it happens all the time, I think is the short answer, I think. But in many ways, I might not even be aware of, of the cases where you know, this privilege is there. It's real because people are uh, making snap decisions, first impressions based on a variety of factors that those are shortcuts or stereotypes. There could be cases where my email address and, you know, what my institutional email address is happens to give me an advantage or the fact that I happen to look like someone who might be good at the activity that happened to be in. I think those things are all cases where I do get a lot of benefits and I, um, I try to be conscious of those times and I try to um, think about ways in which uh, I can use that to actually uh, benefit people around me, not just myself. I think it's naive to expect that, you know, we can snap our fingers and this privilege goes away. But I think that there are, there are a lot of cases where I think, um, you know, who I appear to be to people uh, resonates positively and gives me, uh, gives me an edge up. Yeah. 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 Jeff Dean. 
Is there a specific instance where you distinctly recall feeling privileged? All the time. Uh, I mean, I, I was fortunate to have, you know, relatively educated parents. And so that meant that I had a good education growing up um, and had opportunities to do things that other people do not because they aren't sort of in that position. Uh, I think, you know, having um, parents who care and who can help guide you growing up is super, super useful in, you know, the journey and to expose you to different things. And yeah. one, one thing that's a little unusual is we moved around a ton as a kid. So I went to 11 schools in 12 years. Oh, wow. so I felt like sampling of lots of places around the world and lots of different school environments and kinds of schools and so on. So, um, that, that in and of itself is not necessarily privileged, but it did expose me to a lot of different kinds of things that many people didn't get an opportunity to, to see. Hmm. Yeah. Bin Huang. Um, is there a specific instance where you distinctly recall feeling privileged? Privilege. Let me see. Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, I, as an Asian, I don't see, I don't feel any like specific privilege uh, in probably, okay, I, I, maybe, maybe it's something like uh, this, like, like compared to other, uh, like non, uh, like, um, like um, compared to other non-blind, uh, non-white non race. So I think Asian is kind of, is considered as, uh, as a, uh, um, as a safe, uh, basically they, they don't do much harm and they kind of, so when I was, for example, when I was maybe uh, kind of uh, being stopped by police, I won't feel that kind of I, my, my life will be threatened, but this is not the experience from other people, like people of color, um, because I'm Asian. So Asian usually, I mean, they, they probably won't feel that you are a threatened uh, 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 people. Hmm. Yeah, so that's probably one kind of privilege I, I can think of. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. <laughs>